Hi, everyone, and welcome to our midweek Bible study. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. It's great to be with you once again. Thanks so much for joining me. Today is Wednesday, August 30th. We're continuing in our study of 2 Timothy, and we're going to begin with 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. And we're going to talk about the dangers of the last days and just what that means. But before we do, we always start with a word of prayer. So join me in that. Gracious Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we worship your holy name, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of gathering together once again. Lord, open our hearts to receive your word today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles or Bible apps to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 9, and let's find out what the Apostle Paul has to say to us today. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they're never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth, just as Jonas and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janus and Jambres. All right, let's take a look at our verses today. Starting with verse 1, it reads, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Our opening question today is this. Paul begins with a warning in this verse. What is it? He starts with a reference to the last days, which reveals Paul's sense of urgency. But warnings about the last days were certainly not unique to Paul. It was a common theme among the leaders of the early church. When Paul writes, there will be difficult times, this means hard to bear, dangerous, and troublesome. The last days began after Jesus' resurrection when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers at Pentecost and the last days will continue until Christ's second coming. Paul could speak about the last days as a future event, emphasizing conditions present at the close of the last days, or as a present reality, emphasizing the truth that the state of depravity in the world is always ripe for harvest. This means that we're living in the last days. As such, we shouldn't be surprised to see the moral decline of our society. Paul warned us that it was going to happen, and so did Jesus. Verse 2 says, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Our question is, starting in this verse, Paul begins a list of 19 traits or attributes found in evil people. Verse 2 includes the first eight. What are they? First, you can see people will love only themselves rather than serving others. Second, people will be obsessed with their money. In other words, material things are not evil in and of themselves. We should know that. But the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, according to 1 Timothy 6.10. Third and fourth, these people will be boastful and proud. And that pictures a heart full of pride that manifests itself in outward boastfulness. 
Such characteristics reveal a person's inflated self-importance and can lead them to look down on other people. Fifth, these people will be scoffing at God. The Greek word blasphemoi used here refers to an act of insulting or showing contempt or a lack of reverence for God. Not only are these people guilty of an overinflated sense of their own importance, they also verbally abuse God himself. Sixth, these people would be disobedient to their parents. This behavior willfully breaks the fifth commandment to honor one's father and mother, Exodus 20, verse 12. The commandment was given because God understood the importance of strong families. To honor parents means speaking well and politely to them. It also means acting in a way that shows them courtesy and respect. It means following their teaching and example of putting God first. Parents have a special place in God's sight. Even children who find it difficult to get along with their parents are still commanded to honor them. When parents are not respected and honored, disobedience naturally results and the breakdown of the family easily follows. Paul understood that when families fall apart, very difficult times will follow. Seventh, people will be ungrateful, or in other words, unthankful. They can't appreciate anything. This closely relates to the ideas of selfishness and arrogance. Those who are ungrateful typically feel entitled to certain things. Rather than being thankful when they receive them, they're angry when they don't. And Paul noted in Romans 12:1 that ingratitude was second only to dishonoring God as a just cause for God's judgment on humanity. And the eighth characteristic in this verse is that people will consider nothing sacred. People who set God aside in order to please themselves can only go one direction, and that is toward wickedness. They instinctively resist anyone or any ideas that would force them to measure themselves by God's standards. Next, let's look at verse 3. It says, They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Paul continues in this verse by adding six more traits found in evil people in the last days. Our question is, what are these six traits? First of all, it says people will be unloving. Do you see that? The same word is used in one other place in the New Testament, that is in Romans chapter 1, verse 31, which says, They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Indeed, because these people love only themselves and their money, or in other words, possessions, as Paul noted in verse 2, they are unloving toward everyone and everything else. Second, people will be unforgiving. Unforgiving people cannot allow for other people's mistakes or weaknesses. They are unyielding, unrelenting, and often are filled with extreme bitterness and anger over their own hurts. They simply refuse to forgive, even if presented with the opportunity to do it. Eventually, they become unable to forgive, even when they might acknowledge the need to do so. Third, these people will slander others. In other words, they are quick to spread lies, gossip, and make false accusations against others. Destroying another's good reputation gives them a perverse sense of pleasure. Fourth, it says these people have no self-control. Do you see that? Self-control is a part of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Paul mentions self-control frequently as an important trait in the life of a Christian. Self-control implies a person who is not selfish or arrogant, as mentioned in verse 2. Fifth, these people will be cruel. This literally means savage or untamed. They are insensitive and crude, even as it says, savage. Sixth, Paul says that people will hate what is good. 
In other words, these people don't merely despise goodness, they specifically dislike good people. This certainly agrees with Jesus' warnings to the disciples, those who love God will be hated by the world. Verse 4 reads, They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. So far we've discussed 14 of 19 negative characteristics of people in the last days. This verse adds four more to the list. Our question is, what are these four characteristics that Paul mentions here? First, people will betray their friends. This means that to betray one's friends is to be treacherous. In some cases, betrayal of another might enhance a person's standing or enrich him or her. At other times, the betrayal could be a vengeful act. Combined with slander, truth goes by the wayside. Second, people will be reckless. This can also be translated headstrong and rash. Some people act foolishly and carelessly, completely unconcerned about the consequences for themselves or others. They're determined to have their own way regardless of advice to the contrary. Third, people will be puffed up with pride. This means that people will have an exaggerated opinion of their importance, intelligence, wit, appearance, etc. This differs from the people in verse 2 who love only themselves, for that trait can at least be concealed. But this trait, it involves being noticed by everyone. Fourth, people will love pleasure rather than God. This is an overwhelmingly common barrier to faith in the gospel. Many people reject the idea of Christianity on the grounds that they would have to give up certain sinful pleasures. This, as other traits in Paul's list suggest, is a nearsighted and ignorant assumption. In truth, nothing is more freeing than the saving faith in Christ. John 10.10 Next is verse 5. It says, They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. The question is, this verse is the last of the 19 total traits Paul has condemned in this message. What is it, and what does it mean? Here Paul states that these people will act religious. In other words, they're going to put on window dressing about their faith in God. They're going to use godliness as a false front of respectability but they will reject the power that could make them godly, which denies God's power over their lives. The act, as that word is used here, could include going to church, knowing Christian doctrine, using Christian cliches, and following a community's Christian traditions. Those practices can make a person look good outwardly, but if the inner attitudes of belief, love, and worship are lacking, the public appearance is hollow and meaningless. Paul warned Timothy not to be deceived by people who only appear to be Christians. It may be difficult to distinguish them from true Christians at first, but their daily behavior is going to give them away. The 19 characteristics described in verses 2 through 4 are unmistakable. In fact, the false teachers plaguing the Ephesian church most likely exemplified many of those characteristics. While keeping away from immorality is important in general, Timothy is instructed to specifically stay away from people like that. Do you see that in the verse? People who claim to follow God, yet deny it through their false actions and teachings. It's particularly important for Christians to demonstrate a clear separation from those who claim to be Christians, but whose actions say otherwise. Next is verse 6. It says, They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. The question is, in this verse, Paul talks about these false teachers being involved in even more evil action. What is it? B. 
Because of their cultural background, women in the Ephesian church had no formal religious training. They enjoyed their new freedom in Christ to study Christian truths as their eagerness to learn made them a target, though, for false teachers. At this time in history, there were also no opportunities for women to be employed. Also, the church at Ephesus had a significantly large group of widows, so there were many women who may not have been fully occupied during the day. In other words, they would become targets then for the false teachers. The expression, work their way into people's homes, it indicates the sneaky methods of these false teachers. They targeted vulnerable women. Then with all of their smooth talk, the false teachers captivated these women and won their confidence. These women were especially vulnerable because they were burdened with the guilt of sin, as it says in that verse. In other words, their consciences were filled with guilt, and it also says they were controlled by various desires. This could mean their personal appetites and aspirations. Maybe it involves their feelings and desires that they had before becoming a Christian, that they're so strong that they're still causing them problems. That alone could lead them to their consciences being overwhelmed. Their weaknesses combined with their guilt made them easy targets for the quote-unquote cures that the false teachers brought. Paul warned Timothy to watch out for men who would take advantage of these women. Next, verse 7 reads, Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. The question here is, what does Paul mean in this verse? Paul is saying that these women were forever following new teachings, meaning that they were always seeking the newest, latest, and greatest spiritual teaching. In modern terms, this is sometimes referred to as a person who is so open-minded that their brains have fallen out. Without basic knowledge of the faith that leads to repentance and forgiveness of their sins, these women would not only get confused, but were never able to recognize and understand the truth of the gospel. Churches that have little or no biblical and theological content in their teaching program fall right into this trap. People who attend this kind of church are easy targets for false teachers. It is possible to be a perpetual student and never graduate to accepting the truth and putting it into practice. But honest seekers and true students look for answers, and when they find them, continue in their study and the application of that truth. The accumulation of seminars, classes, Bible studies and books without specific application in our daily lives can easily become our own version of what Paul was describing here. Remember this as you study God's word, beloved. Seek to find God's truth and will for your life. And now our last two verses today, verses 8 and 9. They read, These teachers oppose the truth just as Janus and Jabres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janus and Jambres. Our final question today is this. Here Paul continues speaking against the false teachers in the Ephesian church and even compares them to two other men. Who are they and what is Paul's point in these closing verses? According to Jewish legend, Janus and Jambres were two of the magicians who counterfeited Moses' miracles through Pharaoh in Exodus 7 verses 11 and 12. Paul explained that just as Moses exposed and defeated them, God would overthrow the false teachers who were plaguing the Ephesian church. While the false teachers' threat to the church was very real both across the Roman world and in our world today, the threat will never be fatal to the gospel. Just as Janus and Jambres' fake power was eventually exposed by God's power through Moses, I would encourage you to read Exodus 8 verses 18 and 19 and chapter 9 verse 11. Paul says the false teachers won't get away with this for long. 
In fact, he continues by saying, someday everyone will recognize what fools they really are. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of today's study, a little bit shorter than usual, and it's been a great journey. We examined Paul's extensive list of godless traits, which characterized false teachers and unbelievers. In verses 2 through 5, Paul listed 19 separate traits which were to be condemned. Among those were loving oneself more than God, pride, disobedience to parents, and loving pleasure more than God. According to Paul, despite the apparent success of these false teachers, they would eventually be seen for what they were and punished accordingly. His final word to Timothy and to all believers was that they should steer clear of those kinds of people. Next time, we're going to be looking at the remainder of chapter 3. We're going to be looking at 2 Timothy 3, starting with verse 10, and going over to chapter 4, verse 5, where we're going to talk about Paul's charge to Timothy. It's been a joy to be with you once again, beloved. Thank you for taking time. I hope you have a tremendous rest of your day and week. We'll see you right back here next time. Until then, God bless you. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.